I've said this on countless occasions, and I'll say it again. When we listen to a parable of Jesus, when we're reading a parable of Jesus, if we really want to get the uh, meaning of the parable, we have to find where the twist is, where the unexpected element is. And precisely at the unexpected element, where you think would, Jesus would zig, but he zags, is where you'll find the upshot, the meaning of the parable, the real lesson that Jesus wants to give to us. And so the same is for today. We hear that Jesus, though, Luke tells us, addresses this parable to two people in particular, two types of people. The first is to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and those who despised everyone else. So if you were listening to the parable and you said to yourself, man, I'm glad I'm not like that Pharisee, this parable's for you. Okay? So those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despise everyone else. And we have two characters in the story today, a Pharisee and a tax collector. And they both go up to, temple, to the temple to pray. In other words, modern context here, they kind of go to church. Both of them are walking to church. Both of them approach the church, right? And these two characters are rather different in their, let's just say, reputation amongst the people. For us, as Christians, as people who come to church a lot and hear the parables, hear the Gospels, as soon as we hear Pharisee, we think bad. The Pharisees are always getting criticized by Jesus. The Pharisees are always in confrontation with Jesus. But really, if you're a first century Jew, a Pharisee to you is kind of like a priest. It's someone who you think never sins, who's always perfect, who's utterly holy, who never makes a mistake, right? If you have someone that you need someone to pray for them, who do you call up or who do you talk to after Mass? Father, I need you to pray for this person. Why? Because we assume that all priests are holy. So that's kind of like what we have in the first century. Pharisees were like the holy ones, the holy rollers. Everyone thought they were saints. They followed the law to the T. They were righteous. Whereas on the other hand, a tax collector... In the first century Jew, Judaism, they were the bad ones. Why? Because tax collectors, they did two things. One, they wrote, worked for the Roman government. Right? And the Roman government were oppressing the Israelites, and so they were considered traitors. But secondly, these tax collectors always, let's just say, make a little extra money on the side with their day job. They were always collecting just a little more and pocketing what they really didn't need or what they didn't really we're supposed to have. So, if you're hearing this parable for the first time from Jesus, you're like, I know where this is going. Pharisee and a tax collector go up to the temple. Pharisee good, tax collector bad. But it's precisely where in the twist and the unexpected element that we're going to find the meaning of the parable. Let's go to the tax collector first. So we hear about this tax collector who stood off at a distance. Now you may ask, what does that mean? What is, what is the gospel writer, what is Jesus trying to tell us? Well, back in those days, when you went to the temple, there was what's called the holy place. And only the priests were allowed in the holy place. Not the Pharisee, just the priests. But outside the holy place, there was this courtyard. Sort of like if you looked at our cathedral here, that little spot right in front of the cathedral church. That's where everyone would come and pray. They would lift up their prayers to God. And then outside of that courtyard was another courtyard where everyone else could come. So the Pharisees could come and the men could come in that inner courtyard. 
So we find this tax collector standing way, way off from the holy place. This is, this is kind of like him sitting in the back of church, okay? Now, this is not biblical evidence that you should sit in the back of the church, okay? Look at all you guys back there, right? That doesn't mean all the good Catholics sit in the back. But what does he say? His prayer is simple and his gesture is simple. It says he doesn't even look up, but rather he strikes his breast and says, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Does this sound familiar? Because at the beginning of Mass, we imitated the tax collector in our gospel today. We said, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. What? Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. And so I don't know if you've ever wondered this, but why the Mass begins with acknowledging our sins. I've mentioned this before, I'll mention it again. Because it seems like a very depressing way to begin Mass, right? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Everyone, call to mind your sins. So what is the church trying to do here? What the church is trying to do for us is not call us to despair, but call us to dependence. Let me repeat that. The church is not calling us to despair, but calling us to dependence. Because the very reason we place ourselves in this sacred space, the very reason we come to Mass, is because we recognize that we are dependent upon God and His mercy and His grace. If we weren't, why are we sitting here? Why are we sitting here? And so the church is not like this dictator trying to make sure that you know that you've broken the rules. Rather, the church is a good mother who wants you to establish a right relationship with your God. And that's what the tax collector shows us today. That he goes before a loving father, knowing that he's in need of his mercy. And he's dependent upon him to be the best version of himself that he can be. And so the tax collector really is an example, a model for us at each and every single Mass. But I'd like to maybe ask you to consider something. How many times when the priest invites you to call to mind your sins, do you actually call to mind a sin? Or do we let that moment just pass without any thought? Or maybe you're wondering, why is Father letting so much awkward silence pass by? It's not because I forgot what comes next. But it's because we should call to mind our sins to place us back in right relationship with God, knowing our dependence upon His mercy and His grace and why we stand in this church in the first place. The church, as Pope Francis says, is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for the perfect. Right? And so we come before God, establishing that right relationship, imitating a tax collector, beating our breast and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I need you, because without you, I am nothing. So that's the first thing. That's the first thing I think we can do better at Mass is really calling to mind our dependence upon God and asking God for his mercy. Let's go to the Pharisee. So we hear the Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer, but did you notice who he spoke the prayer to? Were you paying attention to that detail? To himself. Now let's see what, how he begins his prayer to himself. You ready? Oh God. Oh God. You see, the Pharisee is not like the tax collector. The Pharisee 
doesn't, real, doesn't acknowledge that he needs God. He makes himself God. And he prays to himself and says, Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like the rest of these people. I'm not adulterous. I'm not greedy. I'm not dishonest. And I'm not even like this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week. And I tithe on my whole income. In other words, Lord, I don't kill anybody. I don't steal anything. I'm pretty much perfect already. I don't really need you. And as to my whole income, 10% right off the top every time. Lord, you should see my check I'm bringing to church today. Fast twice a week. In other words, Lord, I follow all the rules. But he's following all the rules, but guess what relationship he doesn't have? A relationship with God. A relationship with God. But we hear that he notices the tax collector. But let me ask you something. If he is in that holy place, if he's looking to the holy place, and he's supposed to be praying, my question is, how does he know the tax collector's there? How does he know the tax collector is behind him? I think that's because he's looking at everyone else. He's worrying what everyone else is doing. So, here's number two and how would I think that we shouldn't be doing at Mass. This sounds very familiar. We receive communion. We go back to our pew. We make the sign of the cross. And we watch every single person that receives communion. Sound familiar? Or we follow that unwritten rule that we all think is a legitimate rule, that's no rule at all, is that when the priest sits down, I should sit down. I've noticed that during my time here, I sit down in a chair and there's this big woof of everyone beginning to sit down. I have to ask myself, are they paying attention to Jesus? Are they paying attention to me? How is it that everyone in the church knows that I've sat down at the same time? And so, my brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I think the Pharisee is kind of a, an image for us and what we shouldn't be today. And that when we receive Jesus, we should focus on the Lord Jesus, who we receive in the Holy Eucharist, and not pay attention to everyone else that's here at church. Not pay attention to how the priest is purifying the vessels or what mistake the server is making. But rather, when we pay attention to everyone else, we're missing an encounter with the living God who dwells within us in the Holy Eucharist. So to ask ourselves, do we really believe who we receive in the, in the Eucharist? Y'all, we're watching everyone else who are missing an encounter with Jesus Christ, the living God, who is within our very bodies as we receive communion. And then we say, Father, Jesus doesn't talk to me. Father, Jesus isn't showing up in my life. The question is, are we paying attention to everyone else? Are we paying attention to Jesus? Are we trying to seek Him in that moment of intimacy and encounter with Him? Or do we pay attention to everyone around us? I think, my brothers and sisters, that the remedy to this is if we do the first thing I talked about well, we'll do the second part well. This is what I mean. 
if we acknowledge, we truly acknowledge that we're all sinners at the beginning of Mass, we'll know that everyone in this church is the same and we won't need to look at them. The rest of Mass, we know who's here. We're all sinners, aren't we not? In need of His mercy, in need of His grace, dependent upon Him. And so my invitation to you today and every other time you come to Mass, when you receive Jesus, don't watch everyone else receive communion. Focus on the Lord. Focus on who you just received. Speak to Him. Tell Him how much you love Him, how much you're dependent upon Him, how much you need Him this week. And if you're not done praying when I sit down, you don't have to sit down. Continue with that intimate moment with the Lord. Our brothers and sisters, I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Let's take our cue from the tax collector today. Let's really acknowledge that we are sinners in need of God's mercy, dependent upon His grace. And let's not miss an opportunity to encounter the living God who comes to dwell within us in the Holy Eucharist.